Hey, one more thing before you go. What really happens when you're attuned to the spirit world? How do you manage feeling the presence of spirits around you all the time? What exactly is an ego death? We can answer these questions and more when we have a conversation with my next guest as we explore the interdisciplinary mystical world of the paranormal and supernatural and Zen. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. Hey, my guest in this episode is Jay Rooney. He's always felt attuned to the spirit world, had horrible nightmares as a child, later realizing they were fear eaters, and we'll talk about that. Felt the presence of spirits, has experienced an ego death, as I just mentioned earlier, and we'll talk about that. He pursues a daily mystical practice that's a blend of Zen, Kabbalah, Kabbalah and chaos with a dash of Yom. As part of this practice, he works with dreams, angelic invocations, sigils, servitors, and much more. In this day job, Jay is the publisher and host of Game and World. It's an award-winning weekly newsletter and companion podcast that explores the intersection of video games with the arts, sciences, and humanities. His mission is to educate gamers and non-gamers alike about video games, artistic narrative, educational, and even therapeutic value. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I love your interdisciplinary approach to even gaming. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that kind of takes people by surprise. Um, I certainly am surprised that I still have so much more to say about the topic <laughs> about about a year and change later since starting it. But yeah, you can tie anything to video games. I mean, anything like any anyone in your audience wants to try me, challenge accepted. DM me like. Prepare to be amazed. Prepare to be amazed. Yeah, my my oldest daughter actually um, left the acting career and is now a gamer, actually, and loving it. She's enjoying it more. There's no auditions, no casting calls, you know, no 18-hour days, <laughs> at least from does that she, perspective. Does she, um, is she on Twitch or like a... She's on Twitch. She's on uh, TikTok. She's on... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a gaming platform... Forgive me, I'm not that familiar with the gaming. I'm an old guy. I'm not from. I, I really can't get into the games because of I have a disability, so I can't play very well. So, but I, I enjoy watching her, and she's having a really good time with it. And and uh, she's much more relaxed than she was as an actor. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny. There's kind of a joke amongst us, us who are fortunate enough to make a living uh, off of our hobby that. Oh, if only, you know, I could go back to, you know, been, talk to my mom like 20 years ago and tell her, look, see, it's, this is, this isn't good. This isn't a waste of time. Like your son's going to make money off of this. You know, it, it's, it's one of the, yeah, you know, I have my, there, my kid's grandfather, my wife's father, he's passed, but, you know, he was one of those guys that you, you, actors aren't real people. You know, they're not real people, and you shouldn't be an actor. And then he doesn't know anything about the gaming, unless he's looking from the other side, from up there down or down there up. You know, he he, but he would have hated the fact that she was into gaming. He's going to go. That's not a real job. That's not a real job. But in reality, I mean, I think it's grown to such a point that uh, it's integrated within our society and culture 
you know, all aspects of gaming, you know, and and how it's evolved into VR into, Mm -hmm. you know, with MetaQuest and and, uh, 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 VR, Oculus VR and things like that. I think it's it's really immersed us. It, and dare I say this, it reminds me when I, I do use the Oculus. And obviously we're getting a little off track, but I do lose, I do use the Oculus. We have that. It's a great device. And uh, what it does for me is it allows me the freedom. Well, I feel like the old Star Trek and the uh, um, holodeck. Oh, the holodeck, yes. Yeah, immediately I'm going, ah, I got my own little holodeck here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a great, uh, yeah, the Oculus is a great device. Or, sorry, the, the Quest. Uh, Oculus is, the day that's being sunset. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's a great device and it holds a lot of potential and a lot of promise. Uh, it's really, it's Mark Zuckerberg's, to you know, victory to lose <laughs> at this point, which he very well may succeed in that. And that would be a shame. Um, but yeah, it just goes to show how, like you said, it's so integrated into our society to the point that, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's become its own world within our world. And it's a big world. Like the game yeah. industry is bigger than Hollywood, music, and sports in, in America, at least combined. Well, it, yeah, I, it, I agree with you. And, and if you start looking at uh, some uh, well-known stars and you look their IMDb up and you start looking at their credits and you'll see a lot of voiceovers for gaming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where they're utilizing them for gaming and stuff. And, you know, they're they're loving it as well because everybody's making money. Everybody's yeah. making money with it. Anyway, we should, we should rein that one in and we'll talk about it here in just a little bit. Sure. <laughs> Uh, tell me, where'd you grow up? So I was born in New Orleans originally, and then my parents split when I was very young, uh, when I was four years old. And so I moved with my mom to Mexico City, where I lived, where I grew up. I lived until I was 18, then uh, came back to the U.S. Uh, for undergrad. And mostly Florida for undergrad, stayed far longer than I needed to. And I'm currently in California in the Bay Area. I like it much better. Who was your family like? Uh, they were, I mean, I was pretty fortunate in that, um, I mean, aside from the divorce, there wasn't a lot of like drama or, or bitterness or, or whatnot. Um, very loving family actually. And then still are, and they still are. You know, it's, yeah, we all look back at our childhoods and it kind of helps determine what direction in life that we go and, you know, how we approach things. What got you into gaming? So my mom, (laughs) in a decision that uh, she would regret for many years, (laughs) up until very recently, uh, gave me an NES, a Nintendo Entertainment System for my fourth birthday. And... The rest is history. The rest is history. Now you're aging yourself just a little bit, see? <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> well, you know, I can't complain because my very first computer was a whopping 10 megahertz fast. With a I know, that was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, things have evolved such a, to such an extent that, well, as we said earlier, you kind of immerse yourself within the environment. You live within it and create your new persona, and, and here you go. <clears throat> So, I know that when um, we, we had some information 
that you relayed to me earlier uh, before we come to this point. And uh, you had said that you've uh, always kind of um, felt spirits around you. When did you mm-hmm. first start noticing that? So the first time I noticed was probably when I, which so you mentioned those those nightmares I used to have. I, I used to have terrible nightmares. Uh, I would like, uh, so I would go to sleep and you know I had my nightlight on, and then the shadows on the wall would start kind of like twisting and morphing and and convulsing into these really like horrible like scary figures and i remember being so freaked out that i was you know that i would start running out of my room towards uh towards my mom's room and uh but I, 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 as fast as i would run like you know it felt like my door it was getting farther and farther and it was it was a terrifying experience it happened a couple of times and at you know and i swore up and down to my mom that you know there's there's you know there's things in my in my room with me and she's like no no it's you know it's just a bad dream you know how uh, that's kind of the standard response all right and so i figured okay sure you know it's just a bad dream it was it wasn't really until i I started kind of going down like these sort of metaphysical rabbit holes uh that i put two and two together and i realized wait a minute like like they are, they're actually worth things in my room with me. I like, I was, I knew it, right? Like, like kids, you know, know, you know, they're, that their intuitions are so finely honed, right? And it's a shame that that's something that, you know, that we shed as we grow older. But, uh, but yeah, I knew it. Like, I, and it was really validating to, to find that out. Um, and then it kind of got me, you know, kind of get me, got me interested, you know, you dive down a rabbit hole and you kind of, you always want to see how deep it goes. Right. And so that's, so that's kind of what started me down my mystical journey. You know, it's interesting. I think that you mentioned a little bit right in the beginning of this about uh, kids. I think that uh, children, as we grow up, we are kind of uh, attuned to the universe in that perspective. And um, society, unfortunately, quells that and pushes it down and, says no you get you know i have an imaginary play friend well maybe the imaginary play friend is a spirit and it's a spirit of another child that is lonely or looking for somebody to play with right. and your parents kind of go no you can't believe in that you can't do that or religion in this obviously we won't go down that hole but you know religion has its perspective i grew up catholic i'm not a practicing catholic any longer but you know catholic they said that's not possible you know, you right. can't look at that. You can't believe that. That's not possible. And, you know, angels. You know, well, angels don't come to normal people. I mean, that's how I grew up. And yeah. you kind of go, well, I don't think so. I think I can talk to an angel if I want to. And there's always going to be an angel over my shoulder and and so forth. Yeah. And they're going, nope. And it's unfortunate, like you said. It's unfortunate because they they close the door on something that can actually be amazing. Yes. You know, and astounding. Yes. And the opportunity to be able to really understand that there is something on the other side that yeah. that we are taught not to understand or say it exists. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, the life and it, it, it just the fact of our very existence is really remarkable, and and that's just the starting point, right? Just a universe, uh, a reality, existence. It's all so much more wonderful and fascinating uh, 
that you know that than we think it is we just have to learn you know to slow down a bit and actually look and yeah open our eyes open our ears yep exactly yeah and and it's there and you know it's it is i know that you you talked about the um what you used to see as a child from the nightmares you called them fear eaters fear eaters yeah help us understand what a fear eater is so i don't know if, if you've ever seen any of those old kind of like renaissance paintings of a person asleep usually it's a woman um of course, uh, like asleep, it kind of like and, and this like shadowy being, like you know, kind of like sitting and pressing down on her chest. I don't know if you see it's it's, it's yeah. There's quite a few paintings with that uh, imagery, right? Well, that shadow thing, uh, that's a fear eater. Um, also called the old hag. Um, I'm not sure why, but it was also called the old hag, at least in you know in England and you know the the English speaking world. So, but so fear eaters are basically they're they're astral beings, right? They're astral entities, uh, otherwise known as spirits, that uh, feed on emotion, which you know, spirit all spirits do. But um, these particular spirits uh, tend to prefer feeding on fear, right? So they will try to induce it uh, as you know as as quickly or as, as as effectively as they can, which is why they take such horrifying forms. They're ultimately harmless, like they can't physically harm you, but she like, damn, if it doesn't feel like you're, you're in mortal danger when they're around. Uh, yeah. Our youngest wanna, daughter used to have um, like a uh, uh, terror scream. She'd wake up screaming with like terror. I don't mm, call it something. I, night terrors. Uh, night terror. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm on medication for my chest, so I have an excuse. <laughs> night terrors. Um, yes. She used to wake up screaming with night terrors. You think that's probably resulting from something along that line? It could be. I mean, you know, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes there's a perfectly material explanation for these things. I would say most of the time there is, but there, you know, sometimes, you know, you just... You know that you could, you know, just by you get your gut kind of tells you that this so there's something about this that seems like different, right? Uh, so, so fear eaters. If you're visited by fear eaters, um, it's it's akin to if you've ever experienced sleep paralysis. Uh, it's 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 a similar experience to that, right? But sleep paralysis is, you know, we we understand the mechanics of it, right? We uh, we know uh, how. It happens, right? You know, your body is, you know, your brain's telling your body that it's asleep, so you can't move, but your mind is basically awake or half awake, you know, and and, and dreaming. So you're, so you freak out, right? You know, so that's how sleep paralysis happens. And, um, and with a with a with a with a fear when a fear eater visits you, um, sure, your 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 brain might be acting the same way even exactly the same way but uh but the imagery that you're seeing right that's that's you're see then you're seeing the spirit right it's not just your your own brain hallucinating uh what what's yeah. the correlation between a fear eater and let's say a demon or an incubus or a succubus yeah so so there are different categories of spirits right um a fear eater is kind of more it's a kind of more like a like a minor spirit 
if that if that makes sense or uh, I, I don't want to say like like minor or lesser because I you know that carries a certain kind of judge like moral judgment that I want to try to avoid but yeah you know kind of lower in the celestial hierarchy uh, whereas a, a demon would be much higher up in that hierarchy and more and much more powerful right like a, a demon could you know, actually like physically harm you if it's so wished whereas a fear eater could not and but and the motivations are completely different as well uh the uh, fear eaters you know they just want to eat right they want to survive right um you know whereas whereas a demon uh, might you know want something completely different you know that makes a lot of sense um i know that earlier you mentioned it as well as in your bio the um you said that you feel spirits the presence of spirits around you all the time that too many to count kind of thing do you I mean, do you have, um, would you call yourself a medium or a psychic from uh, that perspective? I don't think so. Because uh, the way, because like I could, I could feel their presence uh, as far as communicating with them. That's, that's kind of a whole other uh, bag of bricks. And I usually, you know, if I, if I'm communicating with a spirit, it's usually in a, in a very particular like context and setting, um, you know, usually when I'm like in a very deep meditative state. Um, and it's, uh, it's not like I, I can't like, uh, talk to spirits on the fly. Right. But I can, but I can usually sense if, you know, if, if that certain, if that type of energy is around. Yeah. Do you, um, do you feel either positive or negative? Both, the dark yeah. or the light? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both, uh, <laughs> both, neither, not neither, but, uh, both, uh, one or the other, uh, sometimes in the, at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I had a conversation with um, uh, Laura Powers. She's a, the, she entitles herself the celebrity psychic. Mm. She's and she's actually talked to a lot of celebrities. Um, she and I were having this conversation, and she was telling me about dark angels and the difference between you know, light angels and dark angels. And when we were having the conversation about the dark angels, we started having all kinds of computer equipment, and they. They, we were losing audio. We were losing video. It was just crazy. And then afterwards, when I was editing, um, you could actually hear a growl on, uh, on yeah. in the background. Is I mean, you you and I know this, and and I think most of my viewers and my listeners know that they the frequency they they get picked up on that frequency, and you can mm-hmm. that's how you're able to pick them up. So. Doing the editing, we didn't hear it during the show. We just had the issues. But then during the editing, here's this little growl and it's growling. Because more and more she tried to tell me about dark angels and what to expect and how to recognize a dark angel, the more issues we had. It was crazy. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, the late, great St. Carl Jung would call synchronicity. I'm familiar with Carl Jung. Yes, I am. And I I hope... Yes, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, do you? <coughs> do you have any oxygen you could send my way? <coughs> I'll, I'll, I could try. <laughs> um, I know that you uh, you you are able to uh, enter a deep meditative state. Then, typically, do you? Everybody knows 
about meditation, or at least most everybody knows about meditation. They've either heard about it or they practice it. They know that you can meditate for many, many different uh, reasons. You can take a minute to, to meditate, mm -hmm. to bring your blood pressure down, or to, to really relax yourself if you have a panic attack or something. Or you can meditate for longer. 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour. I've known people that meditate for an hour. Oh, yeah. So when you go into these um, meditative states, you, are you, what, are, what are you using that meditative state for? How does it benefit you or those around you? May I ask? Yeah, so just generally, if I'm, if I'm approaching the meditation without any particular intention, then it's just a great way to steady my mind and my thoughts. Um, which as, you know, as someone with, with ADD, like, I mean, actual ADD, not like, you know, the trendy self-diagnosed, like TikTok ADD. Um, it's, um, you know, that's, it's very helpful to me uh, in that sense. And then if I do, you know, if there, if I am approaching it with an intention, then that's, you know, that state is that, that deep meditative state that I enter, well, that's where the magic happens, pun intended. Now, when you go down to these deep meditative states, help us understand, is that is this a point where then you have a closer look at the veil or through the veil basically, between here and the yes. other side? Mm -hmm. So it allows you to, to basically experience and understand that something does really exist there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you interact with that when you get down to that particular state? Uh, well, I, I usually observe for the most part, unless... You know, unless there's something that I need, uh, that I need to get done, and you know, in that case, then I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll work directly with, with you know, whatever energies are available to me to, you know, to try and make it happen. At least, you know, but at least astrally, and then you know, and then I'll, and then I do my part in the material world, and you know, the idea being that they will converge, and the result will be much better than if I did either alone. Yeah, I'm smiling because I've been there and I, I, I understand that from a soul perspective. It it really kind of gives you the opportunity to integrate yourself within the universe and really mm -hmm. feel it yes. and hear it and understand it from, yes. from that perspective so that you kind of see, hey, this is a lot larger than we really thought. You know, we're not just the little marble in the sky that there much more exists mm -hmm. out there that uh, we all can open our eyes and our ears to when we want to. Yes. Yep. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think it is a, an amazing opportunity for us to have a better understanding of the universe and how it works in synchronicity, mm -hmm. as you said earlier, and uh, how we all, we all need each other. We're all connected. Yes at some mm -hmm. point and, and somehow Absolutely. every one of us are connected and it gives us the opportunity to understand that connection and that we have that connection with mother earth. We have it with the, the trees and plants and birds and bees mm -hmm. and how everything has its purpose Yes, here. You know, even the spiders, even though yep. I hate spiders, they all have a purpose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and scorpions. I have to throw that in there. Hate scorpions. <laughs> I live in Arizona, so that's the reason I oh, hate scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could I could see that. Yeah, it it uh, it it opens your eyes just a little bit when you see one of them. I I'm a retired police sergeant. I've been up against. Uh, I've arrested two of America's most wanted. I'm not wow. afraid of nothing. Okay, I have to tell my wife to go get the scorpion out of the house. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, life, life. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, life is funny. <laughs> so I know that. Um, 
You talk about uh, using, uh, from an interdisciplinary nature point of view, you talk about using a Zen and a Kabbalah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I can't read it because I don't have my glasses. And uh, chaos with a, a dash of young, which we've talked a little bit about that. So you do that as a daily practice. How mm-hmm. how can we, how can we do the same thing? How can one of us take those practices? I practice Zen. I'm not practice uh, Kabbalah, um, yeah, but the rest of it I have. Practiced. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> Very complicated. Uh, I mean, it, it it helps if you have a it, it helps if you have a Jewish background. Um, not you know not because of a gatekeeping or anything, but just because, you know, you, it helps to be kind of steeped in that, um, in that tradition, because it gets very complicated, very fast. Yeah, and you, you, you'll give yourself a, yeah, it's possible. Sure. You just have to have some Advil handy. Mm-hmm. Um, but really the easiest way to start is to sit down, sit down for 10 minutes a day, right? Just set a timer and, just observe, right? Don't even try to shut down your thoughts or anything. Just observe and listen to the world around you, right? Oh, you know, what's you know, what's this chair in front of me? Hmm, okay. All right, I hear cars going by, right? You know, and just kind of kind of record in your in your mind real quick what you saw and then you let it go, right? Uh, then once you're able to do that, increase it to 20 minutes and then 30 minutes, right? And then you can start just tr- trying to focus on just one thing, right? So like, oh, here's this, uh, like, here's this light in front of me. And just try to try to focus on that one thing and that one thing only, right? And if kind of stray thoughts come into your head, just kind of just ignore them. Don't try to, don't try to suppress them because that just makes it worse. Just, you know, just ignore them, right? Just keep your focus on, you know, that this one thing. And once you're able to do that for 10 minutes, then do it for 20, and then for 30, and do it enough. And eventually you'll be able to switch to this state uh, pretty much like like on call, right, on demand. And that's that state right there of, of focusing like on just one thing, uh, that is like that's the key that unlocks uh, the door to to the other side, as we call it, right? That's that's the key to lifting the veil. Uh, it's called it's called gnosis, and it's because when you're when you're focusing all your energy on that one thing, right? Then that's uh, like that's when you get that's where you can get really 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 deep into things, you know. And then then when you shift that focus to say like a like a spirit sigil or something, right? You know, then then that's what facilitates uh, contact. Now, tell me what a uh, help us understand a sigil. I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I, most of the time that I have any relation to that, it has been um, either on a TV show, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, but, <laughs> Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. or um, there's one on CBS and um, Evil on CBS. Mm. They talk about sigils all the time. Yeah. Um, help us understand what a sigil is and, and your relation with that. Yeah, I know that you you yeah. work with them, so can you help yeah. us understand what they are and yeah. And, how to recognize them? Yeah, so so sigils are basically symbols that represent and are kind of a, a stand-in in the material world for you know for some type of energy. It doesn't doesn't even necessarily have to be a spirit, right? It could be a certain configuration of of, of energy, um, 
And basically what a sigil does is it, it's kind of like a telephone, right? To that particular entity or that particular energy that you're uh, trying to contact or work with. Um, most of the more kind of well-known spirits, right? Like, you know, like, like angels, demons, etc. you know, that they'll have their own sigils, which have been used for centuries, if, if not millennia. And when you, and if you, and if you, think you might want to want to work with with one of these spirits and then you would use their you, you would meditate on that uh, on their sigil uh, and you know there could be other steps to it as well you know opinions vary as to what the steps are but but you know there'll almost there almost there'll almost always be a sigil involved and if and you can actually you know use sigils to kind of shift energies according to your own to your own designs, right? You know, you can make your own sigils as well. Um, and I've found that very, just very useful, uh, just as far as kind of setting intentions uh, and, um, yeah. Tell us some of it, it's, it's, maybe it's a tool, correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe a tool to help us manifest what we want? Basically, yeah. That's, I mean, it's it can terms. be. It can be, yeah. I mean, it, it can be also more. It, it could be either, yeah, to manifest what you want or to actually make contact with um, with a non-local uh, spiritual entity. Yeah, a tool. It's a tool in a our tool. toolbox that we have available to us. I mean, that's yes. an easy way to put that. Um, do you believe in angels? Yes. I've, I have stood in the presence of angels, and I can what tell you there. Like? You, you, you open that door, and you have to tell me what that's like incredible <laughs> i don't know how to describe it it's just uh just wonderful you know you know how when you know that old you know the old trope i mean, it's not really a trope it does happen that uh that, you know that when a spirit enters the room and the temperature like drops like precipitously well um in my experience anyway uh you know i, I don't want to claim claim a monopoly on the truth but in my experience anyway you know if, if, if there's an angel present then the, the temperature rises right and not uncomfortably you know it's, it's more like a kind of like a warm blanketing feeling it's it's very calming it's very you feel just an overwhelming sense of of love and kindness and acceptance and peace and there's really, there's really nothing like it. Yeah, I, I believe in angels. I call on angels. My angels are yeah, on a daily basis, actually. Yep. Mm -hmm. They've always yep. been there for me. They've always yep. answered my prayers. And yep. when I was on the yeah. job, um, you know, obviously I relied on angels every time I walked into a dark building. Yeah, or, totally. Yeah, like with yeah. the the archangel Raphael uh, saved my daughter's life. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I. I uh, I feel that I've had interventions on uh, numerous times in my life, especially yeah. while I was working, um, that I had an angel over my shoulder and mm -hmm. telling me, don't do this, don't do that, go this way, mm -hmm. go that way, yep. you know, kind of a deal. And I think it did the same thing. So this, do, do you are you okay with talking about how Raphael saved your daughter? Sure, yeah. So um, when my daughter was born, uh, she was diagnosed with uh, a congenital heart defect um, and whisked away to the NICU um, for open heart surgery at three days old and oh. then another one at six at six months old. Um, and you know, we had a nice, long, extended vacation at the, at the hospital. Horrible 
experience that I would never wish on anyone, right? But um, you know, but I remember the the, the rabbi came to to bless uh, to bless her before she came into her first surgery, right? And he and he specifically uh, invoked Raphael, who's who oversees among other things, but you know, is known is known as you know overseeing healing, right? And yeah, and as, as he was as, as he was saying like as he was saying the prayer it's it's a beautiful prayer too it, it um i'll have to look it up and, and send it to you uh, i have Please. it written down somewhere but uh yeah there, there was the energy change was was unmistakable to me like i, I really felt it mm. and and sure enough she uh she, she's happy and healthy now she's five years old now uh could never tell that she was she, that she was that sick <laughs> yeah, congratulations that's great Thank that's you. a great story yeah. uh you know it it's as parents, um, I think we call upon angels more than we think to yes. help our kids when they're gone, Absolutely. when they're out there. My kids are adults. My kids are 30 and older. And I, we still invoke angels to help them mm -hmm. in certain situations. I think that yeah. we all have the ability. You just have to ask. Totally. I think 99% of, of my workings are either related to either healing or protection. Yeah. Same thing here. I, yeah. I, I agree with that. You know, protect the kids. You know, take care of the kids, mm -hmm. help them heal. Our oldest, yeah. our youngest daughter, just had a surgery not too long ago, and you know, mm -hmm. we called upon the angels to come and help. And you know, I hardly believe in that. I'm, I mean, my mission in life is to help educate people, and inspire and motivate them to understand that there is stuff uh, on, like I said earlier, on the other side, and that we have the ability to open that door, and that we have the ability to reach through and uh, have a conversation to get to say what we didn't get to say to somebody that's passed on, you know, yeah. and tell them we love them, tell them we're proud of them, tell them that we miss them, and or ask for help. And I think a lot of society, unfortunately today, society, and in, you know, not all cultures, but uh, particularly in the United States society, we hear, we've kind of shut that down quite a bit. I think that people... Yeah have suppressed it. They um, don't find that it's easy to talk about. You know, I've had, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had on this podcast alone where people walked away from their, they had gifts, and when they started expressing or practicing those gifts, like you, you know, they were shunned by the family, and more for religious purposes, saying that that's not mm -hmm. possible, and you shouldn't be messing with the devil, so to speak. And, right. you know, they walked away from that. And and uh, they said, look, I, I understand that there's more to life than, and there's more to life in the afterlife mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So yeah. thank you for what you, you know, participate, what, what you do to help promote this in the right direction. You know, well, I appreciate you. that very much. It's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, I know that you, uh, how do you, let me see. Let me let me pause for a second here because I'm, I've got like a bazillion questions running through my head, and I'm trying to, kind of form them after what we've already talked about. So, let's start with Zen. So, yes. when you say you practice Zen, I, I practice Zen. Can we help the audience understand what Zen might be and how it might be a benefit to them, and that you don't necessarily have to change your beliefs. Mm -hmm. You just have to meld them 
Yes. Yeah, totally. Zen is, uh, like like most uh, forms of Buddhism, is not so much a religion, more like a, like a philosophy and a framework. Um, so it's, and Zen particularly just, just strips, just cuts kind of cuts the fat from the meat and kind of like, like strips away all, all the chaff and it just takes Buddhism down to its very core, right? Just all the way down to its bones, which is basically, you know, be in the moment, right? Be present, you know, what are you doing now? Right. Not what you did, not what did you do yesterday? What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you doing right now? Right. Be present to now. And that's basically, that's basically it, right? That's Zen. That's the TLDR the, the for Zen or Zen 101 uh, in a nutshell, be present. And in Zen, you, you cultivate that presence through, through meditation, right? And, um, and unlike with, a, un, unlike say, if you're trying to like, achieve gnosis uh with zen with zen meditation it's it's more like you're not trying to, to focus on anything right it's more you're trying to get to a place where you're just fully fully in the moment right you know so you know no thoughts are kind of intruding no like uh, no feelings are intruding it's just like you're this feeling of of oneness right with the present moment and with the world around you um uh buddhist uh or Zen Buddhists, at least, um, hold, you know, would, would say that's, that's the goal, right? That's ultimately the goal that that is enlightenment right there, like achieving that state. Like if you forever, how long you are in that state, you are enlightened. And it's kind of, and, a, and I think we game. always like to be enlightened. I think that, um, yes. enlightenment is something that, you know, we all want to have purpose. Um, mm -hmm. I've just started studying, uh, Ikigai, Japanese Ikigai. Oh, and that's, that's purpose. Living with purpose is what that is. You should um, you should explore oh, that. I'll I'll send you. I'll look uh, into it. Yeah. I'll send you a thing through the email um, to help you you know understand or give you mm -hmm. some links. Yeah, that'd be great. But I kind of in my journey, uh, I've kind of uh, started kind of uh, I practice Zen. I practice Buddhism. I you know I'm a very spiritual individual anyway. Uh, I believe in in the other side. I believe in what exists and uh, uh, how we all integrate within. Um, you know, I talk to my, some people laugh at me. I talk to my plants. I talk to my trees. I talk to my, you know, everything is in my yard. Um, they, all, they all have spirits. Exactly. The birds and the bees. You know, we have, we have bees that, we have a lot of tropical plants in our backyard. So we have a lot of bees. The bees will come up when we're sitting on the back patio and they just kind of look at us and go in front of us and go on their way like, hey, thanks for the flowers and go on their way. You know, we're not swatting them away and right. we're kind of living together. Living together. I had to yeah. I had to have a firm talk with the rabbits though for chewing on the uh, water line. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you still know, have those, but you know, it, it was a nice talk. It was just a firm talk. So you went, hey, you're living here, quit chewing up the water line. <laughs> um I believe that uh, uh uh you'll find that Zen incorporates really well with the Japanese Ikigai. Mm. And uh, it gives you, you're looking for, you live a purpose, you, you, what your life is, and you do that each and every day. You incorporate Ikigai within how you approach life each and every day. What's my purpose today? Am I here to have a conversation with Jay? And are we here to educate people about all of this? Or, you know, you, 
that's my purpose t- this morning. And y- you reflect upon that. You kind of makes you look deep inside as how how do I integrate myself into this conversation to make sure that we present the right message to everybody who's out there watching and listening. And, and Ikigai helps me to focus on that. It's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. You have please help me understand what uh, Kabbalah is, please. Yeah. So yes, so so Kabbalah is basically it, it's Jewish esotericism, um, Jewish mysticism, whatever you want to call it, um, and it's very complicated. But I'll I'll try to explain it as simply as I can. Um, so so Kabbalah is kind of the study of of reality, I guess, uh, but kind of in, interpreted through, through the, through the lens of kind of, of God's creative process or the universe creative process, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call, um, you know, the, the, the higher power. Um, and you do this by kind of contemplating like, like numerical synchronicities, uh, mapped, according to the, the famous tree of life diagram um, and specifically to the 10 uh, sephirot uh, that are, you know, that are mapped out on that, on that diagram. And the idea is that, um, that reality, uh, you know, is created uh, as, as a result of, of emanations from, from, from the sephir, from, from the sephirot. And, and that's basically how God created the universe. And if, um, and then it's, and that it's possible by, you know, by, by studying and, and, and practicing uh, Kabbalah, that you can kind of ascend the, the tree of life back upwards um, to the Godhead and kind of like, in, you know, kind of become one with God again. And I'm hugely oversimplifying it, but that's basically it in a nutshell. Well, it's, it's, and very, I, it's very complicated. Very complicated. And I understand that. I mean, it, it's... Yeah. It, it's like in anything trying to explain it if you've been practicing it and it's in depth and it's uh, expanse mm-hmm. it, it is very difficult sometimes to put it into layman's terms it, without degrading portions of it right and telling yes. you know giving you the full story but you've given us a start and I think if anybody's interested right. in it you guys all have the opportunity to you know understand it the, the how to spell it and everything will be in the show notes so that people have, mm-hmm. can look it up for themselves and explore what it is. And I'm assuming, now correct me if I'm wrong, even though this is, it's a Jewish practice, can anybody practice that or is it just through the Jewish faith? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and you know, you know, the old saying with Jews, right? Like a 10 Jews, 12 opinions. Uh, We we love, we love to argue. (laughs) We love to argue and disagree with each other. But um, basically, no, it's a, there's nothing that, like there's nothing like at least like in like like in the texts or anything that says that it's necessarily Thou closed not. practice right yeah like there's there's nothing stopping anyone from and in fact you know like after jewish kabbalah was you know was popularized like kind of in the late middle ages uh you know others you know like uh like then like Christian uh, philosophers kind of got a hold of it and kind of adapted to, and then you know, then Christian Kabbalah became a thing, and then later Hermetic Kabbalah, um, which was you know kind of the the main of like people like Aleister Crowley and and all that, right? So so people have like uh, kind of adapted it for you know to kind of like that's right. in a way that that works better for them and their 
theological kind of uh, curricula, right? right. Um, but yeah, but I would say Jewish Kabbalah was, would be very hard to learn and practice if you're not uh, like if you're not Jewish, because again, it's there's just mm. so much background that you kind of have to know before in order to make any sense of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I would start start with Zen. <laughs> right. Yes, definitely start with Zen. That's what I did. Start with Zen. Start with Zen and look up Ikigai, which again, yeah. I'll have a link for that in the show notes as well. Um, I know that you you uh, also talk about daily banishing and protection rituals, but I think we kind of covered that. I I do that yeah. every day. We put we and and, and um, from your perspective, we put a white light of protection over and above this home every night before we go to bed, mm -hmm. and we banish anything that's in here that's uh, evil or demon or mm -hmm. yep. uh, here to cause ill well ill health and and so forth. Um, you practice that as well. I mean, maybe not yeah. specifically the same mm -hmm. mantra mm -hmm. that yeah, we use, yeah. but uh, do you find that it helps you to improve the environment around you? Oh, absolutely. And you absolutely. recommend somebody, you know, look into doing that within mm -hmm. themselves. I find that yeah. it's very calming. It allows us to go to bed at night with yes. a with a assurance that I think that, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have faith in our angels and our guides and the fact that we've encircled ourselves with the white light of protection and love and healing yes. and that it allows us to to get a better night's sleep and you know wake mm -hmm. up refreshed and, and totally but i like to I like to do it at night and in one in the morning as well um it helps it helps me go out into the world with more confidence um you know knowing that i'm protected i'm not done then i should start doing that we do it at night but i'm not done it yeah. um but maybe i'll try it in the mornings yeah. how do tarot cards play into the life uh there's a, a way of just i use i use a i use the tarot as basically as a means of introspection right um like i don't try to predict a future or or call on on spirits with them i think uh, i think the tarot is wonderful because and we're gonna you know speaking you know speaking of the late great carl jung uh it uses it uses archetypal imagery right so it's really good at stirring your subconscious into surfacing thoughts or making connections that it might not have otherwise and that is worth its weight in gold when it comes to like decision making and uh just generally looking at the world more as it is or or your or your world more as it is uh, every day and it's fun you know it's fun to kind of try to decipher the like the the meanings of, of the images and all that and it's uh yeah it's good fun and there are a lot of really cool theme decks as well um, so i kind of collect them that's that's amazing i i have a um a tarot card read every day for me just yeah, to kind of give same. you an idea and you know obviously we're all in charge of our own fate so if it mm -hmm. comes up with something negative you can always reflect upon change. that meditate and understand you could change that direction yep. It's yes. not set in stone just because mm -hmm. it's right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, we all have that opportunity. Um, I know that you take an interdisciplinary approach to uh, many things in life, including your publication and your podcast. What yes. got you into, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your, both of those, please. Your publication, you have, you have a, a website, a publication, as well as a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so so the website's where the publication and the podcast live. Uh, so that's a gameandword.substack.com. That's where you'll find everything. Of course, you can find the podcast on you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, yada yada. But everything's housed on that website. So um, 
that's where that's where you should go, right? Um, so the publication, um, so it's a weekly publication, and it kind of alternates between long form essays and podcast. And it's every Sunday uh, at around from eight to ten a.m. Pacific time is when they go out, and they're themed. Uh, so we'll so I'll do like a certain theme. Uh, I call them volumes, and then I'll I'll explore that theme for a few months, and then move to another one. I've done uh, everything from like video games and like pirates and psychology, uh, the nature of time. Uh, I just launched uh, a new volume uh, on this past Sunday, actually, on on video games and magic. Uh, at apropos <laughs> to uh, to this uh, episode. And yeah, worth checking out. Uh, and you don't need to be a gamer. You know, it's the games are almost just a mean to an end. Um, they're the starting point. The real like meat and potatoes are the topics that we dive into um, from the games, right? And in this case, you know, it's it's very much the the history of mysticism and how it influenced uh, video games, whether from a historical or philosophical or even spiritual perspective. It's it's going to be an awesome series. So check it out. That's amazing. And please tell us the uh, how to get to the website again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can visit the website at gameandword.substack.com. And I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Everybody has opportunity to just follow that link. But if you're driving, then uh, just come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe. Drive first. Yes. Um, well, listen, I, I want to thank you very much for everything that uh, uh, we've discussed today. I think that uh, we've made a valuable contribution to educating and inspiring and hopefully motivating others out there to know that there is more to life mm -hmm. on the other side of life and that uh, you just have to open your eyes and open your ears and, you know, go from there. Um, exactly. I'll make sure that all of the information, how to contact you and how to get hold of your podcast and, and uh, get to the newsletter and everything uh, will be in the show notes. Great. This is one more thing before you go. So before we go, do you have any words of wisdom you can share? Yeah. Um, if you, yes, uh, trust your intuition more. We know the, the, our, our subconscious minds know much more than we could even think of. And if you can hone and trust your intuition more, and again, just do this just through your regular 10 minutes of meditation a day, then uh, you will be better equipped to discover the wonder in life and, and to discern, you know, when you're experiencing something wonderful or extraordinary amazing words of wisdom outstanding thank you very much jay thank, thank you, you for joining us on the show thank you for sharing your wisdom your experience and your your story with us i really appreciate it i hope to have another conversation with you down the road absolutely thanks for having me michael absolutely thanks for listening to this episode of one more thing before you go check out our website at before you go podcast.com you can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform